1: Hardworking people
0: Moving Iron Podcast Markets. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com and Tractor Zoom, delivering insights. If you're looking for a great place to go see what has happened in the auction market, go to Tractor Zoom's Iron Comps and you'll get all the latest information about the auction data that is out there from about 500 independent auction houses. So uh, make sure you check that out. And if you like what you see, use Moving Iron at checkout and you get yourself a nice little discount. Uh, Chip Nellinger is with me today, and Chip is with Luley Marking out of Morton, Illinois. And this is uh, our uh, second time this week to have this discussion, and Chip is nice enough to come on a- and do this. Well, Chip, we had the uh, WASDE report come out today, and a lot of, uh, I wasn't expecting this, I guess, let's put it that way. I mean, typically this time of the year, you don't see this kind of stuff come out, but the uh, USDA is, is, is really showing kind of where they're at as far as carry out and those kind of things go. And I guess, so what's your reaction to the overall report here, Chip?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of a shock, uh, quite honestly, um, that they went down in yields. There was a lot of fear going into this report uh, that they're going to go up in yields and, um, you know, just kind of typical grind lower into harvest. And uh, we got some surprises. I guess the, uh, one of the biggest surprises is corn yields, 1746 uh, that was uh, 4.9 bushels below last month. So a 4.9 bushel cut in corn yields. Uh, Eight-tenths of a bushel cut in bean yields down to 50. Uh, so um, they did tweak the demand a little bit. The carryout was cut, uh, actually left unchanged for new crop beans. They're massaging the numbers a little bit. to uh, They're so tight. I mean, essentially we're at the tightest stocks-to-use ratio uh, in history on beans. So they're not going to go under 155. No matter what, right? Um, corn uh, carry out one point two four two. That was down one hundred ninety million, but uh, you know they also cut one hundred ninety million out of demand under the assumption that prices are going higher. They raised corn, uh, the average uh, farm price by fifteen cents a bushel to five seventy five. That's a cash price, and so uh, exploded higher immediately after that report. We didn't close very well. Uh, We still closed higher, but we closed corn, uh, what, somewhere around 571 and a half. The high of the day was 594 and a quarter. So, you know, about 23 off the highs. Beans were also about, uh, I don't know, 27, 8 off the highs, uh, barely higher on the day. Um, Wheat was maybe the bright spot here. And they had a big cut, uh, surprising cut in the world. Wheat carry out. Uh, they came in at uh, two seventy nine point oh six. That was a a big big cut, about a twelve million ton cut. But it was actually about one point one million metric tons below the lowest estimate. And so wheat exploded higher. They cut the um, the Russian wheat crop. They you know are increasing demand. So that really is long term friendly to corn. We we had talked about this, Casey in you know, the past couple of podcasts we did on the grain side of, yeah. you know, this wheat situation has changed. Uh, the feed grain situation has tightened up. And, uh, so it's, it's likely they've got some more to cut on this thing from a world perspective in future reports, both from the Brazil corn standpoint, they did come down, uh, they got kind of closer to the, to the game here. They came down, uh, what I think, uh, five or 6 million tons, uh, but there's still 3 or 4 million tons above some of the private estimates already in Brazil. And they likely have some uh, cutting to do on the Russian wheat crop before it's said and done. So net net, world grain, feed grain stocks are shrinking. Uh, they did, and this is a head scratcher, I haven't looked into this a little bit, they did up the, the world bean carryout a little bit. And I don't, that surprises me a little bit. I don't know what the that's about, and I, I haven't had time since this came out a couple hours ago to, to really dig into that. So that's another reason why the bean market is you know, kind of lagging what corn and wheat did today and might continue to do so. But bottom line here, if you're an end user and you are hoping for lower prices into harvest to you know, buy stuff cheaper, uh, this threw a little bit uh, of cold water on your face. From a producer standpoint, uh, it probably opened the door up that we've got some uh, better things you know, ahead of us on into winter, particularly when, uh, harvest gets, gets wrapped up and, uh, everything gets uh, tucked away into storage. And so, uh, pretty bullish, you know, uh, net net here, especially the corn and the wheat side, uh, 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 bullish on, on beans, maybe not quite as bullish as, as corn and wheat. And, uh, and we'll see the battle's still going to rage now until the September report in a month because this wasn't objective field data. And so that's kind of the argument here, right? Well, these are the lowest yields you're going to see. There's been some rains around. Um, yields are going to go back up once they get in the field. They may or may not, but uh, for the next 30 days, these are the numbers the market's going to trade on. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff here that that shows
0: uh, <clears throat> what's out there. This is the first time I've seen a report where, you know, private estimates and, <clears throat> and uh, the USDA are, are fairly close to each other, right? there, at the USDA saying that, that one point, uh, 174.6 bushels per acre as the average yield. Um, that, that number there, I've just, I don't know, last week I saw one that was 176 and I've, I've seen some 175. So for them to be under that, those private estimates kind of shows you a little bit, but back to your point, you know, a lot of people are going to say, "Well, when they start going down the IED corridor, we'll we'll go back and talk about this again." So, talk to a lot of folks. Depending on where you're at, you've gotten plenty of rain, or you haven't gotten enough. So, it's going to be a, it's like a hard line right in the middle of of the the eastern and western um, uh, corn belt there. So, I guess customers you've been talking to, Chip, what's some of the feedback you're getting? What you're as far as what you're seeing out right
1: now, as far as crop goes? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, that's I mean you hit the nail on the head. Mississippi River kind of is the cutoff, and, uh, and, the, and the USDA reflected that, quite honestly. Let me get some of these uh, state-by-states
0: pulled yeah,
1: up. You know, they, they, uh, they, they increased the eastern corn belt. You know, they got Illinois at a 214. That's 22 bushels above last year. Uh, they've got Indiana, seven bushels above uh, last year. You know, Ohio, 22 bushels above last year. Pennsylvania, 26 bushels. But then you look at the western corn belt, um, you know, only five bushels above a year ago, in Nebraska, and then, uh, South Dakota, 29 bushels below Wisconsin, seven bushels below, uh, North Dakota, 33 bushels below. So, you know, that is a pretty distinct, you know, cutoff, uh, it's feast or famine this year. And that's going to be, unfortunately, I think you're going to continue to debate that all the way to the January crop report. But the USDA seems like they've kind of zeroed that in. Now, you can argue, me. you know, some people are saying Illinois is low. They're going to go higher in Illinois. They're going to go higher in Iowa. They may or may not. But I, I think point being, uh, even if they go up two or three bushels, it's not a game changer. Uh, you know, Pro Farmer uh, starts next week. So we'll start seeing some data from, uh, from Pro Farmer on their crop tour as they move across, um, you know, their routes. And, and check fields, but even if this uh, market goes, uh, if this uh, yield goes up just a couple, two, three bushels, it still would be the biggest crop we've ever raised. So I'm not confident they're going to go up, but the argument's going to be that they're going to raise that a little bit. Even if they do, the, the world carryout of corn and wheat is much tighter than it has been the last three or four years. It's been on a pretty steep downtrend, right. and uh, you know, even with a record crop, we've got tighter stocks net net in the world because of that drought in brazil and i'm not sure we fully have that factored in yet. that still is going to be uh something that uh, we have to contend with here is what's the ultimate size of the brazil corn crop and just how much are they going to export because they they hurt their their uh their sugar crop here recently too with some of these freezes that they've had and and uh, just how much corn they're going to export in my mind is really a big question mark right now and and Every bushel they don't export on the world market that they normally would is a bushel that we could potentially see, uh, you know, one for one correlation right to the bottom line with increased exports out of the United States.
0: Especially, that's a good point you made there, especially in in Brazil where so much of their economy is driven off of sugarcane ethanol uh, for fuel, you know. They're going to have to start looking at maybe some corn ethanol to kind of replace some of those stocks. That's a great point that you made there.
1: And there's talk they've already imported some Argentine corn, uh, you know, a month or so ago. So you could argue, okay, yeah, that was right ahead of their main corn harvest. They're going to supplement. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they're importing corn from Argentina, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be uh, real hopeful right now that they're going to have a bunch of corn uh, available to export on the world market. And, you know, the, the bottom line in here is, um, you know, if, if you threw the dart right now or how the read the tea leaves from this, it's definitely, um, you know, puts the, uh, the fear into the end user side rather than the producer side, right? This isn't going to entice producers to sell a bunch. Um, and it's going to maybe put a little more fear in the end users, like, uh-oh. I, you know, we might have a problem brewing here uh, from a corn standpoint, from a wheat standpoint, from a wheat protein content standpoint. Uh, this thing was I mean, that's a great performance in wheat today. You know, 25, 26 higher into new contract highs um, for the Kansas City contract. Right. And uh, they're, you know, it's probably an evolving thing, right? They're probably not going to go back up on world carryout. They probably only have further to tweak that lower. And, uh, you know, we're that, that alone, the, the, the wheat side of the equation alone is going to help spill over and support corn. So, uh, you know, I think from an integer standpoint, any breaks that they see, they're going to be uh much more aggressive maybe than they would have prior to this report coming out. Right. Yeah, it's uh, It is
0: definitely a, uh, a very bullish report from that perspective, and and uh, we've talked about it here. You know, kind of looking at this at this fall time frame, going into your your typical harvest lows when when you know harvest is going on, it might just be like last year where we see runs up uh, just like we did uh, last year in in the fall harvest there. So, like to your point, if you're an end user looking to, to buy some feed need to pay attention to those breaks and have that plan in place. So if folks want to talk to you about that uh chip, what's the best way to get a hold of you and talk about that plan moving forward?
1: Yeah, best way is just give us a call 309-550-7213. We'd love to chat with you. Whether you're the, you know, the the feed side of that equation or the producer side of that equation. Um, you know, we uh we we do plans and help people on both sides of the aisle. And to your point, Casey, I mean that's a good point. Last year different situation that was the wind uh, you know, storm, uh, you know, through Iowa and parts of Illinois, but the August crop report marked the harvest low last year. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that wouldn't shock me if it doesn't this year. Uh, the, the thing about it is, you know, you can hold your breath to September thinking the yields are going higher, but if they come out in September, get into the fields and they don't go much higher, then we've, uh, some real potential fireworks uh, on that september report exactly
0: yeah so pretty volatile next couple of months here you're going through uh september and into october and then uh finishing up in that the northwestern part of the uh, corn belt in uh november so we'll, these next three months are going to be some very volatile volatile times in the marketplace and like you said man you got to have that plan in place and what you're going to do and what does that look like so get that phone number one more time chip
1: Yep. 309-550-7213. Uh, that's our main office number. It rings over to all our cell phones if uh, we happen to be out of the office. Uh, so don't hesitate to call us. We'd love to chat with you. Right on.
0: Well, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I post out there. Go to movingironloc.com for the latest information uh, about the Moving Iron Podcast and, and the whole entire library, as well as all the blog posts I have out there as well. The Moving Iron Summit is officially sold out, so if you were planning on coming to that, um, hit me up uh, at Moving Iron Podcast, MovingIronPodcast dot com, and I'll see if I can, if anything changes along the way there. But do feel free to send me a, podca- or a podcast, send me an email, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So, with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Chip Nolinger. Let's move some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com.
1: Over in, iron, in the 21st century